All right, welcome to a series series of utmost importance. The series. I'm Neil, and today I'm here with Steve again. Hi, Steve again. <laughs> and we both drank during that awkward silence. <laughs> and what are we going to be talking about today, Steve? Today we're talking about Westworld. So Westworld is. Um, for those of you who don't know, I, I don't know why you're listening to this episode, honestly, but for those of you who don't know, uh, Westworld is a few different things. It's more, it's better known right now as the HBO show that started a couple years ago starring Anthony Hopkins and Evan Rachel Wood and, you know, other people. That's all Ed I Harris. Ed Harris as the man in black. Um, and it was based on this 1973 movie, which I just watched. But why don't we jump in with the HBO show first? Because I think that's the more interesting part of this. Sure. Why did you start watching Westworld? Because our friend group did. I honestly thought it was kind of cheesy in the beginning. I don't know what it was. Just something, like just hearing about all oh, this fantasy world where you can do whatever you want. It's like Western themed. And yeah. I was never really into the, that Western thing, but the I think once I started, like something about the picture, like the way it was filmed, it was like it was like gorgeous, and I was like that, that's kind of what drew me in. And then the storyline wasn't super cheesy, but yeah, yeah. Um, the idea, just hearing about it, just I don't know something about that. The concept me. is definitely a little bit cheesy, and you know, in the movie, it was cheesy, and then they took it and made it really trippy instead. Really so trippy. if they played it straight. I imagine it would still come across as a little bit cheesy, but by jumbling everything up, I think one of the effects of that is that it just seems more avant-garde than it is. The second season? All, all of it. Even the first season had multiple timelines. Oh, oh, just, okay, yeah, sure. But I started watching it because the breaks between Game of Thrones seasons were getting oh, longer and longer, long. yeah. and I needed something. Oh, it's probably my subconscious uh, reaction, too. My life is empty, and I need shows to fill them. <laughs> yeah. The void. Same here. And that was a good show to fill it. It was. I didn't think there was, a, like, a room in me for that kind of, you know, fantasy. You found um, space inside yourself. I did. I did. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I waited until the first few episodes had aired, and, um, like, the reviews were good, because if it was shit, I wasn't going to watch it. Which is what I did for Game of Thrones also, actually. I only got into Game of Thrones really late. When? Before first, well, first year. What season was first year? Um, what year is it? What season is it? It's This it's is going to be season eight. Eight. So, season six. So I watched up through season five, because we there were two seasons since we started. Yeah. So, cool. yeah. So, so yeah, up through season five. Season six is when I actually officially... Was keeping up with Game of Thrones weekly. Nice. Um, anyway, both of those shows have decided to do super, super long breaks between seasons. Like it's going to be two years between seasons two and three of Westworld, mm -hmm. I think. And it was the same thing between one and two, right? Yeah. And for Game of Thrones, it makes sense because they need to do these massive, massive battles, and they have all this visual effect work. But for Westworld, you know, they could they could be a little bit faster, I think. Because they don't have... Uh, they had some... I don't know. Where, they, where do they shoot it? Where is it? Um, let's find out. Part of it reminds me of like the Grand Canyon. I feel like it, it has that kind of... Where the hub is. 
Utah. Oh, well. <laughs> Where is actual Westworld? I heard, I, I was reading like people's comments on Reddit and they were saying maybe somewhere in Japan. It's, it's supposed to be in uh, one of the Chinese oceans, oh, I think. And not Japan. Or maybe like the contested ocean between China, China and Japan. Japan. Yeah. Because those were the staff members. Like, those are the people they communicated with. Supposedly, they had some arrangement with the government. Yeah, and I think at some point during the show, they have some map that shows. Oh, do they? Like, maybe, maybe it was something on Reddit. Um, but that's actually something I wanted to talk about. So, the first season of the show, as I said, it was super, super trippy, but less so than season two. But the first season of the show had, I think, just two major timelines. So, they had. Um, Actually, I wrote some notes for this part <laughs> during lecture. So the first season of the show was subtitled The Maze. Do you remember that? The maze that was underneath all the scalps? Yeah. And essentially it's about the hosts, which are the robots in Westworld, achieving consciousness. Mm -hmm. And The Maze was this thing that one of the original creators of Westworld, it was his theory on how that would happen. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I wanted to go with that but man so they had the multiple timelines they had Old Man in Black played by Ed Harris mm -hmm. and then young William who turns out to be the same character just you know 30 years beforehand learning to become evil essentially by falling in love with Evan Rachel Wood <laughs> and I think that's the uh, same trajectory that Marilyn Manson did right? I don't know <laughs> he's dating Evan Rachel Wood <laughs> no way no way <laughs> no way. I mean, he's a smart guy. He's pretty articulate. I mean, I'm judging from how he speaks. Yeah. I mean. He looks like an ugly model. Also, they have a huge age difference. She's 29, he's 47. 47 yeah. I think they might have they might have broken up at this point. I honestly don't uh don't really keep up with it. Ex ex fiance. Wow, so they were engaged. Yeah, I guess. That's wild. Maybe that's how Dolores plays the evil Dolores. I don't know much about Marilyn Manson. Is he a... He's a singer. He, I uh, <laughs> that much, that's the extent of, that I know. And, uh, I think I'm going to get the genre, genre wrong, but it's, uh, it's not like screamo. It's sort of between that and heavy metal. It's like a heavier rock kind of thing. Or gr not grunge. Um. It's not grunge. He has, um, the, I think his most famous song is, uh, Beautiful People. Yeah. You know that one? Yeah. I mean, I don't listen to it regularly, but I've, I've heard, heard it before. It. Yeah. And then he has, um, you know that movie from 2006, Max Payne? <laughs> he, had, he had a song in the trailer for it called If I Was Your Vampire. Oh, okay. And that's. That's the only other song of his that I know, because I thought that was a great song. I could have song. predicted that he had a song with that name, <laughs> considering he looks like one. He does. Um, what does he look like without makeup on? Hmm, let's see. That can't be him. So Nicolas Cage? No. He looks oh, like Nicolas Cage with a bigger forehead. Does he shave his eyebrows? He must. Wow, he really does look like fat Nicolas Cage. Still wearing eyeliner in that one. Apparently, he had a role in Sons of Anarchy. So, I guess they were an acting couple for a while. 
So multiple timelines in season okay. one. <laughs> um, did you know that they were going to be the same person, William and Man in Black? So I think I was influenced because Reddit mentioned something about this, like maybe halfway through the season. And I was like, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and absolutely. I could totally see that. Um, but my mind, I was just, it was just the inconsistency and the height and everything else that just made me like suspend that being a possibility. But I mean, Red- yeah, it didn't seem completely added. Reddit completely solved the show yeah. in like, the third episode. <laughs> they did. That was insane. <laughs> they did. And then there was like the website that I never really went to and there was a lot of stuff, secrets about that. Yeah. Um, it It's amazing, but I think, does that ruin the show a little bit? Just like having everyone overanalyze it to the point. It's because a show like this, its appeal, I think, is you know the mystery what uh, of what is really going on. As I said before, I don't think that like I think there's a reason they feel the need to constantly jumble up the timelines because maybe if they played it linear, it wouldn't be considered as good. Uh, no, I actually kind of liked it. Yeah, I don't know. I you would think it would spoil. I didn't feel like it did. Um. Maybe if it's like a confirmed leak, obviously, but I'm I'm someone who can't like when I watch with you guys like friends and everything, I don't like I obviously watch it straight through. When I watch it by myself, I'm pausing it every few minutes and going back and like, wait, what was that? What are people saying? Mm-hmm. And Reddit does a good job of like recapping stuff and explaining stuff that I would have otherwise missed, even though I kinda watch shows like that. Um and I don't know, because just the fact that it might not be true is enough. I mean, if it's a confirmed leak then fine. But otherwise I don't, I don't know if they call it spoiling it. Okay. That's that's a valid point. For me, I just thought that they had the theories like had so much evidence behind them that I wasn't surprised when they turned out to be true anymore. So for season two, I just didn't go on Reddit. Well, like I mean, um, I went on Reddit, yeah. but I didn't go on the Westworld. Reddit, Reddit did a really good. Jo- oh yeah, sure. I mean, Reddit did, did a good job of like the the timelines in season two, considering how off the rails I thought it got. Yeah, that was a bit much. I don't know. I I thought it was cool, but like. 90% of the season was me thinking, like, what's going on, and I was too... Yeah. I get too distressed by that sometimes to enjoy a show. <laughs> I have some sort of issue. I can't enjoy, like, uncertainty even in my shows. I'm not I'm not one for that. But I don't know. So that's why I, I liked, like, the, the timeline at the end of it. But that's when I really enjoyed it, at the towards the very end of season two, when I was like, okay, maybe stuff's coming together. So, like, season one was titled The Maze and was about the robots achieving consciousness... Season two was subtitled The Door, and the door turned out to be this, you know, virtual portal that the hosts would jump through over this cliff, <laughs> and then their consciousness would be uploaded into the valley beyond, which was, you know, like a Windows XP landscape, and um, then their bodies tumbled into the, the river or lake, I think. And that was the shot that the first episode of season two ended on, was all these host bodies. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what that was. I actually didn't make that connection until now. <laughs> so from the first episode of season two, you think that all the hosts are going to die, and then they don't really. But by the end of season two, there's only three hosts left. Is that right? I think so. Because Delos, the company that runs the parks, comes in and shuts everything. Who are they? The three hosts are Evan Rachel Wood, so Dolores, yeah. um, and she takes she takes the mind cubes, I think, of a couple people. One of them was um, Tessa Thompson, the girl from Thor, mm. Thor 3, 
she plays the business executive Charlotte Hale. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, so she, they make a host version of her, and then she also has the mind of Bernard. Bernard, that's right. And season two ends with, um, the that song. It starts as a Westworld cover song, and then it transitions into the original Radiohead song. I'm blanking on which one. I think it was Codex. Yeah, it was Codex. Um, I like Radiohead a lot, but I've not gotten into them enough. Like, I've, I've heard, like, random stuff from them, and I'll listen to the few songs. They were really good. I don't know why I haven't officially gotten into them. So they that are. that song was on, like, my probably my favorite Radiohead album. It's right there on my record shelf. Um, but, so I was, I, I love all the covers uh, in Westworld, like the piano oh, melody yeah. covers by Ramen... Jawadi. Is that how you say his name? I uh, no, that's not how you say it. Jawadi, <laughs> probably. Jawadi. I am assuming it's not you don't pronounce the D and the J that are right next to each other. He I does the Game of Thrones. Yeah, he does. He does. He's and he's a, done a few movies also. He's fantastic. He's yeah, no, he's great. I think that might have been one of the best things about the show. Yeah. And I loved how so they had all these amazing covers in season one on the piano. Painted black and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then they shifted to showing that the rest of the show is gonna take place in the real world by doing Initially a cover and then halfway through transitioning to the original song, which I thought was amazing. It is, yeah. Um, Codex. Yeah. Man, the music is so. I forgot annoying. how amazing that was. I would study to that to the West World. Oh yeah, absolutely. The entire soundtrack. Uh, um, there are a few things like within the show that I think are worth talking about. Fucking Anthony Hopkins. Oh yeah. He's such a shady guy in the first season. But he's also amazing, and I wasn't expecting him to pop up again in season two. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at the point, when I, once I saw that host were thing, I was like, ah, anything's possible. Anyone can come back <laughs> as anyone, so... But he, he didn't come back as a host. He was just sort of like a mind parasite in Bernard. Yeah, right? yeah but, that's, but that's what made me think that he would, he would be in the second... Uh, in the second season. Um, I... But, yeah. Go ahead. So what got them, I mean, I'm just, I wanted to talk about, like, what got them conscious, and that was the whole, like, comment, the fact that they can, the commentary, the inner commentary, which, that was programmed, right? Because they, they were able to, there was something about, like, the fact that they were able to, I don't know, that there was, like, a voice in, in their head. Mm-hmm. Was that programmed, or was that, like, a sign that they were conscious? Was there a voice in their head? I thought that, had, that had to do with something about season one. <laughs> Like a comment, like an inner running commentary. Like. Yeah, there were some voices in her head. And. She also had the flashbacks to her previous time with young men in black interspersed with her present day stuff. So everything was just going trippy for her. And I guess because she was the oldest host in the park at that point, she achieved consciousness quicker. She also seems like the most important, like everything centers around her. She killed Arnold originally. Yeah. Then she killed Ford at the end of season one. Um, I hated her in the beginning, by the way. Yeah. She was so vanilla. But by the end of season one, I really liked her. I liked her by the end of season one, and then I hated, hated her, her all throughout season two. Oh, I hated her by the end of season two. But 
I mean, I like Teddy. I like the actor James yeah, Marsden because oh, oh. he played Cyclops in the X-Men movies originally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I just... He can't catch a break because they keep killing characters that he plays. <laughs> they killed Cyclops like a bitch in the third X-Men movie. And they killed Teddy like a bitch in season two <laughs> okay, of Westworld. He looks like a typical Western character. I could totally see him back in the day playing someone. He looks like someone. Does he look like some old... He looks like Cyclops in the X-Men oh. movie. <laughs> I was going to say... No, he does, like he does look... He has, that, he has that classical actor look, I think, like from the golden age of Hollywood. Yeah, he does. So he, to me, he looked like... He just seemed a lot older than he was. But. He was also perfectly cast for, you know, getting killed over and over again <laughs> in season one because he's like the white knight that the guests are supposed to shoot. Yeah, that's right. Um, oh, but you know the thing about Dolores in season two is her lines got so repetitive. What did she, she kept saying, talking about, oh, there's more than this, and I don't remember what it was, but it just annoyed me to no end because I was like, we could kind of guess what she was going to say after a while. She was just, she wasn't sympathetic anymore. She just became sort of straight up evil for a <laughs> yeah. while. And you want to you wanna side with her because she's, you know, it's an interesting concept for a protagonist. And she just wasn't likable. So I don't know. Was she supposed to? I mean, I, I don't think she was. Probably, yeah. She probably wasn't she supposed wasn't. to be likable at that point. You're supposed to. You know, maybe it's like Breaking Bad where everyone sort of starts out rooting for Walter, and then by the end you're like, wait, am I, am I really supposed to be rooting for Walter? He might be kind of a dick. And that was, I, I feel like that was more intentional. Yeah. Maybe but they do a good job. No, no, they did a good job with that, though. Um, but going back to, you know, how did the host achieve consciousness? Uh, I was looking this up earlier during lecture because I was really bored. And the season one finale is called The Bicameral Mind. And this is a psychology theory, I think, from the 70s about the origin of consciousness. And it says essentially there's two voices in a person's head. And one is their inner voice, like their brain speaking to themselves. And then one part is listening and obeying. And that's as far as I understood. I don't get how that leads to so consciousness. Listening and obeying, and there's one part that's speaking. So maybe the listening and obeying is the voice of Arnold in the hosts being like, you know, wake up, you're conscious. And that's what the maze is. I don't fully understand it. Hmm. But it's something that is really interesting, and I think they executed it well. Because while watching the show, I wasn't like, wait, why are the hosts suddenly, you know, people? I just, I, I'm not fully versed in cognition theory and psychology. Speaking of which, I just finished okay, this is complete That's aside. Fine. I just finished an audiobook by Sam Harris. It's spirituality without religion. Mm -hmm. And something like that. What's it called? Anyway, whatever it's called. It, it was one of his earlier um, earlier books. And and he was talking about like how a lot of our thoughts kind of originate on their own and we don't necessarily have control like you think you have control over everything that you think mm -hmm. but a lot of time the mind just like generates thoughts from who knows where um and i don't know if i can explain i'm not as articulate as he is he's very articulate and he like explains it really well and who, is, kind of, who is sam harris he's a modern day philosopher who's been very uh like a very loud voice in the like a militant atheist movement. So a lot of Reddit <laughs> loves Sam Harris, like Richard Dawkins. I mean, granted, I'm a big fan of them too. Uh, Richard Dawkins, Sam Harris, and like um, what's his name? 
uh, Stephen Gold and uh, who's the big Christopher Hitchens? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So he he's uh, Ricky Gervais. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So he's like amongst their group, but he's actually very very. He's probably the, one of the most articulate of all of them, and he's the one who's a little bit more like I'm. I'm into like a lot of like Eastern religion and mm-hmm. stuff, and he studied with a lot of Buddhist you know teachers and that. Yeah, actually, Buddhism was a whole thing, um, you know, because half of I mean, not half, but like a really big part of Buddhism is like how is consciousness achieved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what he was talking about? Yeah, yeah. So he was the the thing that I think that he was liked about Buddhism. Buddhism is like less of a I don't know if I'd call it even so much of a religion because I don't really profess a god. Buddha isn't a god. It's mm-hmm. supposedly the state that you achieve that's you know enlightened that, that actually really is for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't like, it a Thai restaurant? What Buddha? Buddha Khan? Oh, that's the one. Buddha Khan. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so his, his point was that, like, we're not as in charge of our thoughts as, as we think it is, as we think we are. Um, anyway, I don't know where it's going with that, but... Something about how the hosts achieve consciousness. Yeah. But yeah, see, so yeah, I mean, it, we would never be having a conversation about how the nature of consciousness without the show. So, you know, maybe that's what they were going for. Yeah. And I feel like... I, I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of psychology stuff has been overdone. Like it's supposed to be this really new kind of field, or but um, they managed to not make it sound like you know you're beating a dead horse. Um, yeah, that by camera winds up. I didn't even know that. It's very trippy, yeah. And that's the season one finale. So that yeah. is when she, they achieve consciousness, the hosts, and they all come running out of the forest, shooting all the guests. I liked uh, Anthony Hopkins' last line before he got shot it was um, when he's talking about the great composers they didn't die they, they simply became music oh yeah that, that was, was a good line great way to go out Anthony Hopkins he makes some really interesting career choices because you know he was Hannibal I only know him in that I, what else he was Hannibal he was Dr. Ford in Westworld both I think great iconic roles um, he was Odin in the Thor movies which he was pretty good he probably elevated those movies above what they would have been otherwise um, he also in the third Thor movie played Loki impersonating himself so he has a great line where he is discovered he is just is Anthony Hopkins pretending to be Anthony Hopkins being like oh shit which I thought oh. was great um, and then he also like takes roles in the, tr- the fifth Transformers movie so he is at the point in his career where he just doesn't give a fuck I think and <laughs> just does whatever he finds interesting um, but he was definitely best part of season one for me I mean speaking of which like how like Lady is in his career they made a did a really good job of making him look really young in the uh, <laughs> in the show yeah I forgot about that they had that flashback scene yeah. um, he like looked skinnier he looked I don't know like I mean granted all that stuff's been done but I was just really floored by that they, they have crazy technology now I mean um, have you seen the trailers for Captain Marvel no. It's the next Marvel movie is coming yeah. out and it takes place in the nineties and they have Sam Jackson in it playing Nick Fury, but it's set in the nineties, so they just de age him mm-hmm. and it looks amazing. Like people say that's the best visual effect oh, they've ever seen, like the best de aging effect. See that. Is there a picture? Yeah. Granted, I feel like he's also aged pretty well. <laughs> yes. Really? Yeah. That's that's him. How he appears in the movie. I might just. 
and a large part of it's the hair, I think. Maybe. Maybe. But, I mean, he's a 70-year-old man, I think. I mean, he does not he's look 70. He's 70? Dude, then he's aged really well. Yeah, he's exactly 70. Oh, my... What? Like, he looks good for his age, for sure. He looks amazing. But he looks... It, that de-aging effect is also <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's cool that they can do that now. Um... And Bernard is an actor. I mean, okay, whatever. There was a point that he was, uh, wasn't supposed to age because he was like a because he became a host. He was Bernard? always the same. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the age that Arnold was when he died is the age that Bernard is forever. Oh, one question I had is, well, I don't know if this had some sort of meaning or it just annoyed me, so I kept paying attention to it. How many times he took off and put on his glasses? <laughs> That's just what I associated with him. I just his glasses were great. He also keeps peering over oh, the top yeah, of them. Yeah. Like he's trying to seduce the viewer. I don't know what's going on. He Jeffrey did it Wright, so yeah. often. Like, yeah, you, you you would think that had some sort of <laughs> meaning. Do you remember, um, I don't know if you saw this, during season two when it was airing, the actor for Bernard, Jeffrey Wright, he did this commercial. Like, it was this three-minute or four-minute long weird thing where he's in an airplane playing multiple versions of himself, but it had nothing to do with Westworld. It was just a weird ad no. for HBO, I think. It's an HBO ad? Yeah. I don't know, man. Was he in other stuff? What other stuff is he in? Um, you know, he the actor definitely looks familiar. He has that look, yeah. Yeah. He will be in Green Eggs and Ham, the TV show. There's, well, learn something new every day. Apparently he was in Boardwalk Empire. I didn't watch that, did you? No. And he had a couple of roles in the Hunger Games series. How old is he? Let me guess. Wait, wait, wait. Let me guess. Like 52. 53. Ooh. Wow, that was amazing. Wow. There is no way we're going to dive into every mystery of Westworld, but we already talked about a lot of the things that I wanted to get to, like, you know, the Reddit, the Evan Rachel Wood kind of sucks sometimes, um, the nature of consciousness. <laughs> kind of. I had a, one thing I wanted to ask is I have a hard time convincing some of my other friends to watch this show because... Um, they watch the first episode or two, have no idea what's going on, and they're like, well, why would I watch something like this? There's so many other things to watch. I don't really want... And then I say to them, oh, watch those Ultra Effects videos after the episodes. They really explain a lot. And they're like, well, you know, I don't want to watch a show that requires me to watch a 15-minute YouTube explanation afterwards, which I think is a valid point. I enjoy the show, but I understand that maybe some people find it hard to get into, what do you think? Like, do you think a show that needs such an in-depth explainer isn't necessarily worth it if you're not already invested? That's just the kind of watch, like show watcher I am. Or viewer. <laughs> That's what you call it, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of viewer I am. I, I get really invested and I look at all these other videos on my own. So I'm just understanding that my friend might not be willing to do the same thing. I, I don't know. I would just say, like, maybe that's... There's a lot of people who don't, who don't 
follow up with the alternate. That actually might be intimidating. I might not say that. I'd just be like, oh, it comes together and I initially didn't like it. And that might be awkward yeah, to say, like, here are these other resources you can use to understand the show that I'm Check your local library. They might have the scientific articles you need. Exactly. Yeah, maybe that did scare them off. I was trying to convince them that it was, you know, it was understandable. But yeah, maybe that was. And Alchip Tech is, is in, like, in a good way, but like, for, for, for people like, I guess, us. Yeah. For the final season of Game of Thrones, instead of rewatching the show, I, I was saying I might just watch the All Shift X videos. I'm, well, I'm definitely going to do that, but I think I'm also going to watch um, the. There's like a New York. Uh, there's a Time article about like the most. Uh, the yeah, yeah, you showed yeah. me that the most essential Game of Thrones episodes. So, and there's not that many per season, so that seems a lot. Man, like I could sure. do that like, the weekend before it starts. And it's too great. <laughs> it's I like mean, seventy something hours, though. I don't think you could do it in one weekend. No, no, I mean of 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 like the oh, recap, essential the recaps. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's gonna be too good of a last season for me to be like, wait, what happened to this character? Like, I, I can't do that. Plus, you can watch the All Shift X videos after every episode. I will be doing that. I will be doing that <laughs> as well. Um, do you like Maeve as a character? Oh yeah. Hmm. I don't. I know she was. I feel like she was too manufactured to be the super badass, cool character. But I don't know. She still ended up kind of winning me over at the end of it. Ugh. I agree. Um, you know what I mean? Like they're trying to make this cool, badass female character who's. Mm. Uh, I liked her uh, more in season two than in season one. In season one, I definitely thought they were trying to like manufacture her and be like. She's like, oh, darling, and stuff, and like trying to be badass. Uh, but in season two, she had an actual, you know, plot, trying to yeah. reconnect with her daughter. Mm-hmm. And then also, she has the best setting, I think, in season two, because she's wandering through all the other parks. Yeah. She's going through Samurai World, which I thought was awesome. Oh, no, I like that they didn't actually, Dolores and her didn't see eye to eye in the beginning when they met up. That's true. So. Also, maybe, maybe that's part of it, because I hated Dolores during season two. So anyone who's yeah. antagonistic to her, I enjoyed. Yeah, so I, I think she can't like what if she came back to life or something at the end of. She comes back to life all the time. I don't know. No, but know. something about how she came back at the end of season two, like Anthony Hopkins' character told her to. Oh, that's why I loved you the most, or something. What happened? I forget what happened at the end of her. I'm not sure if she survived or not, but I know that her daughter uh, got into the valley beyond. And I think she did die at the end of season two. Yeah, she died in, a, but she got her daughter to. Oh yeah, she saved her daughter. She got her daughter to cross over to the. Mm-hmm. Okay, to the hard drive. Yeah, to the hard drive. Now, what happens when that hard drive fails? Because <laughs> hard drives fail. <laughs> yeah. And wait, who's? Are they taking those hosts to make the... Because they're making new hosts in the real world. I don't know what they're calling them. Dolores was making new hosts in the real world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Delos also was making new hosts in the real world. That was part of Delos' evil plan. Oh, but before we get into Delos, I just wanted to mention one thing about Maeve. She had the scene set to the best music on the show, which was the um, ramen 
Ramin Jawadi. Oh, Ramin Jawadi. Ramin Jawadi uh, version of the Wu Tang Clan song uh, "Cream," and it was set during Samurai World, and I yeah, thought that yeah, was yeah, the yeah. best. That was just the best moment in the show by far. Um, but Delos. So in the show, you're not fully sure what Delos's whole deal is. Delos, the company that runs everything, and. In season two, they say essentially it's to collect data. Delos is basically Facebook. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to gather information on all these rich, powerful people and, you know, have A, blackmail for them, B, uh, develop enough of a sense of who they are to be able to make host versions of them. So why would they want to blackmail them? So people, actually, sorry, people thought it was for blackmail. Yeah. Like that's what viewers thought initially, but it seems like the way they were going towards the end of the season was that one of their goals uh, all along has been to create artificial versions of people who are currently alive. And so by collecting all this information about their guests, they might be able to make host versions of their yeah. guests. To what end? I don't know. The guests wanted all this? No, no the no, guests didn't know that this was happening. Okay. And they hadn't perfected it because you remember all those scenes in season two where old James Delos, um, he was in his host version, he kept like failing. Mm -hmm. So they hadn't perfected the technology. But is it implied that they end up, did they, did they end up figuring out? I think that's what the implication is by the last scene in season two when, uh, the man in black who I think the episode before or this episode has just killed his daughter, his real daughter, because he went crazy also. Yeah. (laughs) Um, He sees his daughter, a host version of her, and it's... Wait, he sees a host version of her? Yeah, a host version of her. Oh, you mean at the very... At the very, very end, post-credits, I think. A host version of his daughter is like, says something like, oh, it's about time you got here. And he's a host at that point. So that they had gotten human version of him to be a host successfully but we don't know at what point in the future that is yet I assume they'll get there eventually but probably not for a few seasons it's definitely not next season they said wow how long are they planning on uh... I don't know at this pace they could probably do it however long they want what are they going to get out of making the hosts take over the the world what do they want I don't know want something Uh, I don't think they explained that yet yeah is this kind of like a just immortality joker? maybe oh I don't know I'm not Jonathan Nolan <laughs> yeah this is some sort of like the Joker just watching the world burn kind of thing yeah um anything they, else you they could s- do what, what's up no go ahead I was saying they could do like whatever they want at this point with that it's true anything else you want to say specifically about the show before we get into the um what's the word Origins of the show. Oh. All right. So this was Jonathan Nolan's project. He is the little brother of Chris Nolan, the much better known Nolan. Um, he also created the show Person of Interest. He helped uh, Jonathan Nolan write a bunch of the screenplays for his movies. Helped Chris Nolan. What did I say? You said he helped Jonathan Nolan. Maybe he also helped Jonathan <laughs> Nolan. Uh, but yeah, he helped Chris Nolan write a bunch of his screenplays. Um, and he made Westworld based on the movie 
Um, but he made it now because he was interested in sort of what happens if you take the people living in a fantasy world ideal that is currently super mainstream with video games and stuff. He specifically said video games were an inspiration for making Westworld now. What if you take that to a, an extreme and see what happens? Hmm. I mean, did he have any other projects that were like that? Everything that the Nolans do is kind of weird, except for the Batman movies. Those are just fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Interstellar, that was that was like time travel-y and weird. Memento, their first thing. Oh, he was involved in that too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, I remember at some point um, they came to my college, or Jonathan Nolan came to my college and gave a talk to the film uh, students, and my roommate was a film uh, studies minor, and I think he attended that, and so that was why I watched Memento. Oh. But yeah, Memento is about like fragmented identity. Yeah. It goes backwards in time. Mm-hmm. So this is just his jam, I guess. Yeah. You yep. think they'd be like overdone? I mean, but it's not. They they actually do. At least in Westworld, they feel like they. It was kind of out there season two, but it it felt more frustrating than like okay, this has been done a million times. Before. Maybe that's what takes so long between seasons is not the production; it's just the writing. Yeah, I can see that. Plus HBO, they give them enough time. You know, there's no rush for them. Mm-hmm. What was the timeline for the next season? Another two years, or another probably another two years. It's not going to be twenty twenty, or it might be twenty twenty. They said. Um. But so the original movie was written and directed by Michael Crichton. Who do you know, Michael Crichton? I should know Michael Crichton. I'm sure you've heard his name. <laughs> oh, I've definitely heard his name. He's the guy who wrote Jurassic Park, okay. um, the Andromeda Strain, a bunch of other stuff. He was actually. Uh, and for those of you viewers who don't know, uh, we're about to become doctors. He graduated from Harvard and then Harvard Med School, but he, I don't think he did a residency. He was just so what? disenchanted by um, what he saw during med school that he just wanted awesome. to be a writer instead. Really? He went to so. Harvard Med? Mm-hmm. He went to Harvard Med and then he just became a writer. So it's not too late. So he's Michael Crane, MD? Yeah, Dr. Michael Burton. Oh, yeah, Harvard and then Harvard Med. So he uh, wrote this, and it's sort of a spiritual precursor to Jurassic Park in that it's a theme park that goes wrong. Um, it was a. It came out in nineteen seventy three. It was this big cultural touchstone. It actually holds up pretty well. Um, but as a movie from the 70s, it's, you know, there's a little bit... It's a little bit dated, but I think overall it holds up remarkably well for something made in 1973. And I think that's just because of how good of a writer Michael Brighton is. I don't know. He's sort of okay as a director. It wasn't anything special. Yeah, what was your opinion on the... Uh... Oh, I have opinions. <laughs> I want to hear it. Oh, you have this all uh, prepared. <laughs> I took notes. Um, but one thing. So the gunslinger character, uh, Steve walked in towards the end of the movie and saw you know, the gunslinger, the man in black, blowing up. In the movie, he's just a robot. He's not a human at all. Mm-hmm. So that's why everyone thought in the show initially that he was just a robot. But then it turned out to be human. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the inspiration for the Terminator movies. 
just sort of like walking, okay. the yeah. robot walking along and killing everybody. Uh, he's the inspiration for Mike Myers in Halloween, just an unstoppable killing machine again. Okay. So he was the first sort of killing badass in movies. So that in itself is important as like a cinema touchstone. But then um, the concept of like a theme park gone wrong, I think also has appeared again and again. How much did he seem like a robot in the movie? He was definitely, he was like very, very robotic. Oh, okay. Yeah. He has like three lines maybe and they're just being antagonistic. Like, <laughs> what are you gonna do about it? Oh, okay. And then he gets shot <laughs> and then he comes back to life. Um, yeah, there's no mystery if he's a robot or not. Consciousness is not something this movie is involved in. It's just Delos is the name of this theme park and they have three worlds. They have medieval world, western world, and yeah, not west world, western world, mm. and uh, what is it? Roman world. Oh. So um, they just, people go to Roman world to bang people. People go to medieval world, I guess also to bang people, but people go to west world for like adventure. So the plot of the movie is essentially a scenario like William and Logan. One guy has gone to the park before, and he takes this guy who's just sort of, you know, having a hard time in life right now. His like wife dumped him or something. He's like, oh, just go here and forget about your problems. So he takes him to this park, and it's just like this guy having fun, and then he's having sex with a robot in the brothel, and the robot's eyes freeze and go all sinister. And then a rattlesnake bites the friend, and then you're also simultaneously following this one random guy in medieval world who's just trying to have sex with all these robots, and then um, he gets in a joust and someone stabs him. So that's the first character who dies. And then the man in black shoots the main guy's friend, the one who'd been there before, and he dies. Oh, so then the last. No, that's supposed. That's not supposed to happen. Yeah, well, that's the whole. Yeah, that's the whole thing. So the first hour of the movie is just sort of like a lighthearted romp of like, what would it be like if you got to go to this park and you yeah. know have sex with all these robots? <laughs> and then the last half hour is just sort of the evil robot chasing the main guy, and it was honestly kind of boring the last half hour because <laughs> I've seen it done so many times before mm -hmm. in in movies. Um, yeah, it also had the stupidest scene I've ever seen committed to film, which was. A statue in Roman world topples and it's like this ancient Greek statue and it falls in a river and water falls on its eyes like the robot like the statue is crying <laughs> I literally stopped the movie came to my computer and wrote this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in movies uh, how did the movie how was the movie received um, it has a 86 on Rotten Tomatoes I think and I think it was received pretty well at the time they made a sequel movie called Future World, which I haven't seen and I don't think had any involvement from Michael Crichton. Um, but I think maybe that's where Samurai World actually came from. And they also made a TV sequel that only ran for three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Why are all older movies so well rated? Is it because there weren't that many things out there and it didn't have enough time for it to be overdone? Or are they actually just better? So maybe some of them... Uh, maybe some of it is that there weren't as many movies, but I think the ones that people are still talking about, you know, 20, 30, 40 years later, selection, yeah. there's got to, they have to be at least some quality. Yeah. Like no one, no one's going to be making a movie off of like a, like a crappy, you know, teen comedy from the eighties. Although, sorry, maybe they will, but no one's going to be making like an intense HBO show yeah. about that. Yeah. So there's at least some selection for quality. Like I never would have watched 
the Westworld the movie if I hadn't also watched How Westworld the show. By the way? I bought it on iTunes. <laughs> I mean, was it on iTunes? Yeah, it's everything on iTunes. Everything's on iTunes. You know what I thought was hilarious about Westworld? Just because, like, there were once I realized there were multiple uh, like uh, parks. I'm like, anything is on the table. Game of Thrones could be a park in Westworld. Oh, that would have been amazing. <laughs> the crossover episode. Maybe that's the series finale of Game of Thrones. Is like the man in black walks onto the set, like, oh, I guess I'm here. Now. I'm or, the king. Or some, or some, like, or someone saying, seesaw motor functions. <laughs> Just Bernard walks in. <laughs> Just as the Night King is about to, you know, fatally kill Jon Snow, and his sword is catching on fire, sees all That's what I thought. That could be so like anything's on the table at that point. You know, even if it doesn't happen in the show, the Game of Thrones books are still you know twenty years away. So maybe Martin will be inspired by our podcast. Uh, I think. That's sort of everything I had on my queue for talking about Westworld. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up? I think it was the last thing. So this wasn't even, you know, scratching the surface, but we don't know enough to, to go deeper than this, I think. <laughs> um, Maybe it would have been different if we'd done it, like, right after the finale. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> but Probably not a ton. Oh, before. no, still not. Maybe a little bit more than in-depth, but still not. Not as much as like you get from Reddit or what have you. If you are listening to this podcast and you haven't for some reason already seen the first two seasons of Westworld, we're sorry for spoiling the first two seasons of Westworld <laughs> for you. But even knowing what we've said, you should still go watch them because uh, they're the type of show that knowing what happens doesn't see, uh, diminish your enjoyment of, I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. We'll, you'll, you'll listen to us next we'll time. We'll catch you next time. We should come up with a better sign off. <laughs> see you on the flip side. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is the app we use to start our podcast. It lets record audio from people in different areas pretty easily and submit us for distribution on all the major podcast platforms. They'd like you to know that Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing by reading this hat. So give them a try. They're a great service. Go to anchor.fm slash start to start. Can you talk in the man in black voice? <laughs> that's pretty much my impression of it, too. Westworld. <laughs> I don't know how I would act. His voice somehow he had went through puberty between like his thirties and like whatever his sixties, I guess. He did. He did. And he got taller. He went from being played by the guy who does. Um, oh, you watched Sonny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, He's he, the, the weird brother. One of the McPoyles, yeah, Rick Poyles, yeah, yeah, yeah. to being played by Ed Harris. Which is funny that West. Oh, that's another like an interesting point I think because Ed that guy was in uh, Truman Show and I was like that's yeah. a very similar kind of idea. Yeah, definitely. Winning doesn't mean anything unless someone else loses. <laughs> hey man, that'd be good. <laughs> uh, he I, killed his daughter. Yeah, I know. That's, that's literally the next thing I was gonna say. I forget what happened about the whole threshold thing. Remember when like they'll host. Uh, Cross the threshold and they yeah, come. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. 
What happens in that? Um, so he, they, all the hosts, like, go into the digital world. It basically becomes Digimon. <laughs> but all of them don't, right? No, not all of them make it to the Valley Beyond. And what is the Valley Beyond? They just get uploaded and, yeah, like, it's preserved? Just, it's just like a hard drive, basically. 